0: Welcome into the Lounge, presented by DraftKings. It's a size up Friday! Oh, yeah. This this is a true... This one actually feels like a size them up After the Ravens beat the Bucks 27-22 with a dominant second half on Thursday Night Football. I mean, this one, you know, the size-em-up... You, you take any size-em-up, right? I'm always sizing them up. After every win, right? But the Browns one, you know... It wasn't, it didn't feel deep down like a size up Monday. This one, this one, I mean, I know the Buccaneers have now lost three in a row, but at their place, on Thursday night football, you know, the Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman go down, Gus Edwards goes down, and you just roll them, just roll them in the second half. This one feels... Kind of like a size
1: them up. Yeah, if whenever you win on primetime, it all like the ring gets a little bigger. You know, the the, the size fitting just starts yep. to become a little bit clearer because yep. everyone's watching, and you know, prime time games are usually going up against good opponents. So add that to the mix too, and yeah, well, except for all the other Thursday I, night football. I games think I think that like yes, the Bucks are a team that like is not. They don't seem to be very good this year. But this was a season on the line game for them in a lot of ways. Like, this is a right. crossroads type game. They're at home. They'd lost a couple straight. They, they are coming off a really bad loss against Carolina. Like, this had all the feeling of okay, is Tom Brady really going to lose another one? Like, is he really in his potentially right. last season kind of going to fade off? And the Ravens just controlled the second half of that game. And, and early on, certainly. You know, if we were doing this podcast as an instant reaction at halftime, it would be a very different conversation. But that's why they play four quarters, Ryan. (laughs) It's a four-quarter game. It's not a two-quarter game. And the Ravens controlled the second half. Good overall defense is showing across the board, not, you know, the entire game. And then the offense leaned on the run game and cranked it up in the second half. And we'll get into all of it. It's a size-em-up Friday. Well. Yeah, I
0: mean, kind of to your point about the Bucks, it felt like it was a get-right game for the Bucks, And then it turned out to be a get-right game for the Ravens. You know, because, you know, the Ravens entered the game 4-3 and three, and in first place the AFC North. But, like, we all saw that there were issues kind of simmering, right? Like, the offense just seemed frustrated. Lamar Jackson seemed frustrated the past couple weeks, you know, certainly with the, the inability to score touchdowns in the red zone. You know, there was, like, the whole thing... You know, not closing out games. Like, even though they beat the Browns, they kind of survived the Browns, right? Block field goal, really, to win it after coming very close to blowing another fourth quarter lead, 10 point lead. So you hadn't stepped on anybody's throats, right? And so, like, there's all these kind of lingering things that you felt like, even though the Ravens were four and three, they had kind of not played up to their potential yet, right? And that there were these issues. And it turned out, I just feel like coming out of this game, this was the win the Ravens needed, right and and really that was like the half. it wasn't a full game, but that was the half of football that they needed where the offense is just rolling right three straight touchdown drives despite ha- missing you know your top weapons like we mentioned the defense is closing them out getting after Brady playing really well on the defensive side of the ball like both both sides of the ball kind of come together at the right time at, for the first time together playing both them playing well at the same time and like, you just kind of cast off the red zone troubles, you know, they like I said three straight touchdown drives. You you close out an opponent and bonus it's Tom Brady. Uh, you know, it just to me you get a big road win, which is always a, a huge momentum builder, I think. To me, it was a get right game in a lot of ways for this offense and for this
1: entire team. Yeah, I'm with you. Second half. Here here's the drives for the Ravens. Nine plays, 77 yards, touchdown. All right? Not bad. 11 plays, 80 yards, touchdown. Okay? That third, third in a row. Nine plays, 83 yards, touchdown. Then five plays, 49 yards, field goal, which made it a two-score game, and it was a fourth down. (laughs) By the way, I thought it was pretty funny. On that fourth and one that they ended up kicking a field goal on there to make it, uh, at that point, an (laughs) 11-point game. And, and, like – it's right around the two-minute warning, and the offense is kind of lingering out there, and given the way that the Ravens have gone for it so much, I'm kind of like, uh, wait, right. no. No, right? You, you're no, you're not. not this time. The, 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 not this time. I know you time. can end it, but you can kind of end it by just kicking the field goal. No, right? And, uh, and John <laughs> Harbaugh did, he was asked about, uh, that after the game. And he was like, no, that was an easy one. He's like, I know I probably scared some fans. But, you know, we thought about maybe trying to draw the <laughs> drum off sides or something like that, but we just kicked the field goal. So I'll admit, I was like, no, just kick it. Just kick it. What are you doing? <laughs> I, wasn't <sure> what was- <laughs> I like, I, I also, I
0: also like John's story about the fan who he shook yeah. hands with. What was it before the game? When did yeah, I guess it was before, before
1: the game with- coming out to the field.
0: <laughs> the guy just, the, all the guy said was,
1: just kick it. <laughs> so, so, so that's, that's the fourth drive. And then the fifth drive, uh, the best, the best drive in football, two kneel downs, game over. Oh yeah. So that's your yep. second half right there. I mean, for the, I mean, I think for the first
0: time really all season, maybe the Jets game was this way that, you know, the Ravens fans could kind of get the, you know, the seven nation army mm. chant going. You know, you could you could really kind of feel good, kind of dancing, and you heard yeah. them, you know, at, at Raven James, like they were
1: they were rocking and rolling. Uh, it was really cool. Yeah, to see. I mean, they you could just see even even on like the post game coverage, on the Amazon Prime post game coverage, it was like looked like a home game. Like there was still a, a massive crowd around the uh, Amazon Prime set when players were coming out there for interviews. It, it was uh, Ravens fans travel well, especially when you get to Dude, you know Mike, go down to Florida um, for a nice Yeah.
0: My cousin and nephew traveled. They made the trip down there. My 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 uh, nephew got several pairs Ooh. of gloves.
1: He was getting hooked
0: up. Hooked. Love up. it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, all right, let's let's jump into an email here yeah. real quick, Garrett. Before we move on, uh, this one comes from Christopher yeah. Wells, and he says halftime adjustments were
1: huge.
0: That's the subject, right? He says. I think I'm going to have to start a new tradition. I've had my lounge t-shirt on under my jersey the last two wins. Got to keep it going. I love it, Christopher. That's awesome. Uh, says, a few notes from him. Love the halftime adjustments on offense. Really great to see the run game get going, which opened up some holes for key passes for Lamar. Two, the offensive line was really solid, especially in the second half. Linderbaum got to the second level a few times for key blocks. Uh, I will add to that that Morgan Moses, I thought, had a really strong game, among others. Um, number three, uh, Justin Houston is a beast, turning back time. Number four, defense was bringing the heat. Love the different concepts on pass rush and seeing how the secondary held up in the back end. And number five, hoping we can use this long break to get healthy. Suck to see several guys go out hurt. Big win. Uh, thanks, Chris. Appreciate the email, as always. So one, that leads us into a conversation here about the halftime adjustments, right? And so the Ravens come out, and they were pass-heavy from the jump right two straight passes to mark andrews to begin the game they're trying to force the ball into mark andrews every chance they get um you know and and it wasn't really working you know lamar threw 30 passes in the first half which i think his season high was 32 passes for a game 30 passes in the first half right and then the second half they come out and they run the ball for over 200 yards Right. And I think Lamar th- attempted, what, eight passes, I think, in the second half. Yeah. Eight passes in the second half. Right. So a lot of people in the, in the post game coverage and, and everything, you know, saying, all right, the Ravens made these adjustments at halftime. They got back to who they are. Well, the interesting thing about that is John Harbaugh said it wasn't halftime adjustments. Right. This was the plan going into the game. It wasn't like they had changed the plan at halftime. The plan going into the game, according to John Harbaugh, was that they were going to go pass very pass heavy in the first half and the thinking and then run heavy in the second half. And the logic the the reasoning behind that was a, you're on Thursday night football, right? So everybody's already kind of tired, right? And you're going to get and players are just going to get even more tired in the second half, right? With a short turnaround. His thought was it's it wears out a defense more just running around like a defensive line to be throwing the ball all over the yard, right? It's just, more ch- it's just more chasing involved, right? There's more physical stopping the run and having to, whatever, gang tackle and do all that stuff with your your linebackers in your line. Yes, yeah, that takes, you know, conventional thought is you want to wear somebody down, run on them, right? Well, actually, like, if you want to tire somebody out, and it was interesting, some Joe Banner, uh, former, I think, GM of the Eagles, right, uh, tweeted this, and he said, you know, most co- coaches still don't admit that throwing is the better way to tire out a defensive line than running if that's your goal. It said it's one of the many false narratives around the league that people believe in. So, you know, John that was the Ravens' thought process going in was we're gonna throw it around all over the place and just make them run and chase us. And then they thought they would have good success, especially considering the Bucks, you know, had a couple key injuries, three key injuries in their secondary. They felt like they could attack them through the air, right? And then the second half, once they're tired, and it's there's a night football like I mentioned, then you run all over them. Once they're tired and, and you just stretch runs, everything, everything's popping. So that part worked, <laughs> right? And so I thought that was really interesting. Like, that was something that, you know, I hadn't really, I hadn't realized until John said it. And I was curious, you know, why the stark differences first half to second half. And I thought that was an interesting strategy going right.
1: in. Right. Yeah, um, it was it was interesting. And, uh, you know, the, the thought process was you know, when you hear it, you're like, oh, okay. That that you know, the the conventional thought is you got in the locker room, you hashed it out, and you decided we're gonna come out and be a run heavy team in the second half. You know, that was kind of the line of questioning. Right.
0: right. You get back yeah. to who you are, what yeah. you do best. We heard that all now time
1: again. I do think there's probably an element of that. You know, like you can say this is a game plan, but if you'd come out in the second half and the run game wasn't working, then obviously you would adjust. You know, so like I I do think it's probably both. Like you could have this game plan and you could say we're going to be pass heavy, we're wear, and then we're going to, and then they're going to be worn down in the second half, and we're just going to pound, 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 pound. You know, it worked, and I, you know I, Isaiah likely also said that you know like Morgan Moses is yelling on the sidelines, and Marlon Humphrey talked about it too to run the ball. Um, and so I think that there was definitely a sense like it's time to run the football. So, and then when you saw how much success you were having, three straight touchdown drives, and you're just picking up chunks on chunks and chunks, I think then you're like, okay. Obviously, we're going to stick with this. And and I did think it was interesting, too, along those lines. You know, Kirk Herbstreit, the analyst, made several mentions over the course of the night about, like, Greg Roman's scheme wearing down Tampa's defense. And he kept going back to it. Which made me think, okay, maybe he got something in a production meeting of you know, they talking about this game plan approach, or maybe he's just seeing what's happening and he's just calling it like he sees it and just and is looking at their defense and looking like they're worn down and watching the Ravens pick up big yards on the ground and just absolutely control the second half. Both could be true. There are a lot. There were a lot of props for Greg Roman, other than just wearing him down.
0: I mean, it was a lot of like, oh, look at how this was schemed yeah. up to help get th- you know give Lamar a clean window, like. This, this was schemed up really well for Lamar, right? There were several comments about that. A lot. I of mean, Hershey
1: I mean. actually followed up on it again today. I mean, he, he tweeted about it today. Um, you know, just talking about Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson. Here's exactly what he said. Really enjoyed calling the game last night in Tampa. Ravens have a dangerous football team. It was good to call another one of Lamar Jackson's games. He continues to climb to new heights, and I love how Greg Roman utilizes his skills. It's incredible to watch. Team to watch as the year goes on. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean... Look, there's there's a, a lot of listeners
0: probably out there and, and, of course, on Twitter, and you see it, right? The, the, the frustration maybe is the right word. I don't know what the right word is for with Greg Roman. Um, and, I, and hey, man, I've, I've had many Twitter people get mad at me for, for sticking up for the guy. I'm a, belie- I'm a believer. I think that Greg Roman builds an offense that works best for the Ravens and for Lamar Jackson. That's what I believe, and and I mean, you know, if, if you want if you want to see the Ravens spread it out and throw the ball to all over the field to win games, well, we saw that in the first half and didn't really work that well, <laughs> you know. And you know, you can go say, well, the, he needs better wide receivers to do that, and all. you can go down that whole path. You know what? I, I think I think the Ravens' offense. I think Lamar is a, is a great passer. I think he's also a great runner, and you utilize both. Right, the best offense is going to capitalize on both those, and what makes him truly unique is his running ability, and uh, you utilize that, you build around that, and I think the Ravens do a good job of that. I just do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, uh, look, I think this this offense, it's like we were saying at the start of this thing. It's a tale of two halves, and if if we were doing the podcast at halftime, it was a much different tone. But, but, but you look at the whole, you look at the whole package um, and the way that the Ravens were able to dominate the game in the second half, and, and I think that the, those results are married. The, what, the approach that the Ravens took in the first half led to the success in the second half, in part. The other thing, too, is like, that as we're talking about this, I, I don't think that we can— we're, you know, we're 15 minutes in here, and we didn't even really mention the fact— which I think is a huge thing that we need to mention. And I do think this probably pay, played a part in such the run-heavy the run approach in the second half. Mark Andrews goes out with a shoulder injury. Rashad Bateman basically didn't even play. I mean, he played a little bit in the first half, and he had that one seam route down the sidelines, which wasn't close, and then he was done for the rest of the game, dealing with the foot issue that's cost him two games, playing on the short week, just couldn't get right. you know. So he, he yeah. barely played. So basically, you're you're down your top two targets. Right. Rashad Bateman had 13 snaps. Mark Andrews had 10. So, not exactly like what you want if you're going to be airing it out. That's you don't want those two guys on on the shelf. So, I think that probably played played a role in in the game plan that the Ravens took in the second half. It's just you know what you sound like. Game you are like not believing John Harbaugh's "This is the plan going in" argument.
0: That's what you sound like. No,
1: no, I I, I do believe that, but I think that like. You can have a plan going in, and then the result, the the game dictates how that plan plays out. Like, well, yeah, sure, they weren't going to abandon the plan when it's working. Like it, like I'm sure that like the plan wasn't. Let's be that's that's let's, let's have the score be ten three at halftime. No, up...
0: as John Harbaugh said, like they expected more than three points out of the first half. Strategy. Exactly. It didn't pan out. Like, right. They stubbed their toe in the red zone twice. You know they went for it on fourth down when Lamar like pleaded to go for it and they they didn't get it. Uh, you know, yeah, they wanted more points out of the first half plan, but I don't think I I believe them that the second half plan that was what they envisioned the whole yeah. time. Yeah, maybe 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 if they had been Lamar Jackson had 350 passing yards in the first half. Yeah, that's what I'm said, saying. Like they would have said like, all right, maybe we'll, we'll we'll keep this is working pretty well. We'll keep throwing it. We'll mix in more runs, but we're gonna keep throwing it which they did. It's not like they, you know, Lamar Jackson hit some key passes in the second half. Like the run
1: set up the pass in the second half. Well, the the big player, I mean, yes, look, I'm saying I agree with, with, I'm not doubting this was the game plan, but the results I think then dictated how how far you carry that game plan. And also the players that are available dictate that. And one of the players who was obviously available, had a big night for the Ravens, is the rookie Isaiah Likely. And this is like, is this a preseason game? You know, this is looking like that game in Arizona where he just dominated the, every single, uh, you know, he caught every single ball down the field and then yep. you know, capped it off with a touchdown. Well, we Isaiah, have the email uh, here. Yeah, We but, have the email from Owen, likely. I, I know. It's just perfect. Owen <laughs> is, a, is a regular emailer to the lounge, and his brother Isaiah had a big night. <laughs> he says, after tonight's
0: big primetime win, it's clear that my boy number 80 is back in preseason form. With the injury to Andrews as well as the other starters like Bateman and Edwards, do you think we'll have more players like Likely step up to take advantage? Will the front office be looking to trade for some extra bodies to fill in the gaps? Let me know your thoughts, and as always, keep up the awesome work. All the best, Owen, the other, Likely. (laughs) Well done, Owen.
1: Yeah, well, uh, in terms of other guys stepping up, like yeah, Likely's emergence was really big. The Ravens needed it. They needed somebody in the passing game to elevate. And the other one who we should mention, Demarcus Robinson stepped up. Like there really wasn't much happening in the first half, and Demarcus Robinson made a few plays happen. uh, In that six for sixty-four
0: for Demarcus,
1: pretty big day for him. So um, yeah, I think that like a common theme after the game, pretty much everyone said it. Team win. Team win. Full team win. Everyone got involved. And I really kind of think that's the case. Owen likely has a big day. Oh, Isaiah.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> Our listener, Owen! Owen. Isaiah it was a likely. big day for
1: Owen, too. Yeah, yeah, it was a big day for both. Isaiah likely has a big day. Demarcus Robinson has a big day. Kenyon Drake uh, finds the end zone. Devin DuVernay scores on an end around. Um, yep. Tyler Linderbaum <laughs> is a dominant blocker pancaking Devin White 15 yards down the field. You know, like, there's lots of guys.
0: Perche made
1: three grabs.
0: You know, Justice Hill had a few, couple good runs there down the stretch after Gus went down,
1: and Mm -hmm. and Justice had
0: some nice hard running to
1: kind of help close out that game. Yeah, like, everyone got in on the action. Um, And you could go through the defense as well. So I mean, that always feels really good, and I think that was kind of to my point at at the
0: top right of like this this win kind of easing some of the turmoil some of the bad feelings is like you know i think coming out of the the browns game it was like you need somebody other than mark andrews like it can't just be like we're just gonna we're gonna throw every ball to mark right and you have to like trust these other playmakers you have to trust the other playmakers to make plays and they in turn also have to make the plays right those two things go hand in hand And to see them get the opportunity and take advantage of that, I think really builds a lot of confidence, not just in the players who are making it, but also in Lamar Jackson that like, you know what? Like, I don't have to force this ball to mark. I can trust that this guy is going to make a play for me. Right. And like, when you get that going on and that, then the offense is really all feeling good about the role that they play. Even if not, everybody has to put up monster stats, but like you make some, some critical plays, some key plays that, that, carries you right that that rolls forward and i think that that's really the the feel-good aspect coming out of this game is that everybody played their role in the win you know yeah
1: i've i felt with this team and look this is you know we're feeling the size of up friday so it's always like when you're we're still in the glow of the victory it's it's always easy to feel this way ravens don't play for 11 days so like is the good feeling from this game gonna carry over to the saints game we'll see will time will tell but i have felt with this team that like just, just rattle off a few. Get a few wins. Get, you know, like if you just put a couple good things together in a row, then the ball is really going to start rolling downhill with this team. I've, I've exactly. really felt well, that. Yeah, way. it's been like
0: win loss win loss. Like I've said this the whole time. I think this is a talented team. Like I think this is a good team, right? They just weren't. They were collapsing in critical situations. Like they weren't getting those breaks. They weren't making the plays, the critical plays, and. In, in, when they needed to fourth downs whatever it might be right like stubbing their toe in the red zone like they were close the whole time they were really close we've been talking about i mean they could have been seven and oh right they only trailed by like you know a minute and something in their three losses right like they've been really close and they just needed a game or even just a half like this where they got over the top like they were just they couldn't quite get over the hump all season long through the first seven weeks they just kind of Getting there, not really, and this felt like a get over the hump moment there in the second half.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, and I think that like it also similar in a similar way to what the Browns game did. I I think it kind of there's like the mental side of it where like you you kind of get the monkey off your back to a certain extent about like the red zone or closing out a game, finishing a game, like that stuff. I think that this kind of alleviates some of that internal pressure uh about those moments um just to go back real quick the other part of owen's question was Are the ravens going to add anybody the trade deadlines on tuesday um they i do not some, think so the moves around the league i
0: don't I, I think don't. it's going to be like a. I don't think it's going to be like some big wide receiver oh you, you said know. you do think so no no i don't oh i, oh. I do not yeah I, I mean it wouldn't surprise me <sighs> I mean, they don't need to add a pass rusher. They have these guys like the pass rusher is looking pretty good with Justin Houston. Shout out to Justin Houston. Four sacks in two yeah. games. And the guy makes Tom Brady the most sack of quarterback of all time. Jerry yeah. on top. Right? Like, Justin Houston is balling. Mm-hmm. Six sacks and he missed three games because of a groin injury. I mean, dang. Yeah. Dude's playing like five, you know,
1: not seen him five years ago. Um, yeah, going on the shelf for a few weeks with the groin injury may have been the best thing for him i mean he's come back seriously. with fresh legs and is like shot out of a cannon every time he's chasing the quarterback exactly um so and then you have these other pass rushers
0: you know ty Bowser. i keep you know what i would think that he has a chance you know to come back against the saints david ajabo same thing you know everybody talks about how great they look in practice you know and and how fast they are and all that stuff so like I don't think they need to make an addition at pass rusher. I mean, inside linebacker, maybe, maybe, but Patrick Queen is playing well. You know, Josh Bynes missed this game. A.J. Klein kind of stepped up and played a a fair amount of snaps yesterday, Um, stepping into that spot. He played, well, 15 snaps. Um, Also, yeah, I I did. They kind of split it. Malik Harrison played 53% of the snaps. So, you know, could they make an addition there? Ah.
1: I don't. I don't know. I I just like every
0: everything. Everything that everybody's saying in terms of addition is a wide receiver, right? But like, it feels weird to to come off a game and we're sitting here talking about how wide
1: receivers stepped up and made plays, and now you're saying we got to trade for somebody. You know what I mean? Like, well, I just feel like I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, Demarcus Robinson did make plays, but I think in particular, like. Owen Likely, the tight end, really is the one who stepped up. And <laughs> you the- said Owen again. Gosh, I, see. I can't stop saying Owen. <laughs> you caught my disease. I had it earlier. I did it in
0: training camp. You caught it. Owen. Owen's going to be so happy about this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Likely. I, I, look, I think in terms of adding pieces, a position that maybe I would just not one hundred percent rule out, and I think part of this, just in terms of the injury updates, real quick. The good news is after the game, John Harbaugh said that the injuries to Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman are not serious, so hopefully they're able to go next week against the Saints. Fingers crossed. Uh, Gus Edwards, I wonder. I
0: wonder if part of the reasoning with like them just kind of getting shut down in the second half was that they knew they were going run heavy, so why why are you trotting
1: them out there? Yeah, maybe that may, maybe that's you know maybe that's part of it. Also, like. Mark was dealing with the knee injury the last two weeks, and so like I think he was he was feeling it probably on his legs, on his shoulder, across the board. Um, so but then the other one is uh, Gus Edwards. So Gus Edwards goes down with the hamstring, and i t- when he goes down, I'm like, oh no, oh no, please no, and because he looks so good. Um, and John Harbaugh said doesn't look serious, but we're gonna know more today, Friday, as they check him out. So we'll probably get an update on that next week potentially, um, in terms of the severity of it. If that were to be a situation where you know he's out a little while, I, I do. I wonder if the Ravens could make a move to add a running back. Now I don't think they're making like, you know, Christian McCaffrey went to the 49ers. That's not the type of move I'm talking about. Like I'm talking. You're talking more, Cam Akers. I, I'm talking more like a few years ago, just as an example, the Ravens added Ty Montgomery at the trade deadline. Like, like, is there somebody out there that the Ravens could add that's not going to be like? I mean, the 49ers gave up a lot for Christian McCaffrey right like they're not the ravens aren't going to like give up like five picks to go get somebody but could they get somebody that's like relatively affordable to help them at running back especially if gus is out for a little while jk is on injured reserve right now you you may potentially want to add another piece there
0: yeah i yeah i I agree with that i think if they were if they were going to make any kind of splashy move i think it would be at wide receiver uh, but I don't anticipate that happening. I think also, you know, they already got Deshaun Jackson. I think
1: they yeah, like yes. what
0: they've seen yeah. from him. Yeah, you know, and and think that he can he can help them. You yeah, know? I think, if, I, if, think there's,
1: I think there's actual legit excitement around him and his when he gets on the field. Maybe it's next week, but you know, Lamar Jackson has talked about him and how he's looked in practice and his speed, and it just seems like there's like some real excitement about what he could bring to this offense. Wasn't it Kirk Herbstreit
0: last night said that he was talking to a Ravens coach who said like dude still got it like they've been yeah, legit impressed. So, yeah, I I don't really foresee a splash trade deadline move, but Eric DeCosta, he's a wheeler and dealer. He's like me in fantasy
1: football. You're always in the market. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Uh, you never know. Yeah, and something else that we do know is that the sports landscape is always changing. This week is no different. DraftKings is a leader in daily fantasy sports, and it still has daily fantasy contests running for those who are looking to have skin in the game. It's simple. Every player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players, and you try to stay under the salary cap, and then you sit back and you watch your points pile up. Now you know how to play. Download the DraftKings app today. Sign up using the code FLOCK. New users get a free entry with their first deposit. Again, the code is FLOCK, at draft kings you know when the trade is going to go down you know you get this this is an off weekend you're right oh for sure this is when i'm at the pumpkin patch <laughs> this is when you're at the pump, you're on the hayride you're taking oh, the you're, hayride. you're going around in the tractor sitting on the hay bales and that's the trade that's oh, that yeah. spotty cell signal yes laptop immediately out on my lap <laughs> on the hayride yeah fam, family's out there picking up pumpkins you have to sit in the corner and uh drink your apple cider and write the trade story <laughs> Cold apple cider now. It's, it's well, it's it's just room
0: temp, lukewarm. <laughs> uh, so we haven't really talked. it We talked a lot about the offense. Let's just kind of quickly here go through some of the defensive highlights for the Ravens. You know, like I said, Calais Campbell out. Like that was a, a pretty big loss. You know, and you saw the Bucks having some success on the ground. They were the worst running team in the league coming into the into the game, and they had some early success with Leonard Fournette. And you are like, oh boy. You know Clay's has been playing well. Like, is this going to hurt? You know, are they not going to be able to make up for this loss? Buccaneers go down the field, score their first touchdown in the first quarter that all year they hadn't scored one yet. And first drive of the game, they march down. You're like, this could be a long game. Tom's getting the ball out of his hands really fast, just looked like tough. Then they march down with another long drive, I think 50 yard drive for a field goal on their second drive. And this, it reminded me. And I think I tweeted this last night. It was like, the Ravens are going to have to pull a Browns here. You know, the Browns went down the field, scored a touchdown on their opening drive and just marched. And everybody's like, oh my goodness, this defense is in for a long day. And then they really tightened up. Um, and sure enough, that's what the Ravens did. I thought Geno Stone, I think it was the Bucks' third drive, made a really nice hit to get a ball out on third down, force a punt there. And then the the Bucks punted, I think, was it five straight drives? five straight punts for them I mean the defense really tightened up both secondary and up front I I thought it was a really good game for Mike McDonald and his crew
1: yeah I I agree um again you know it's it's one of those like (laughs) the the feeling the feeling on Ravens Twitter was not so optimistic you know you know a few drives in um, but like again, in in totality, it was a strong, really strong game. You know, I think that the you you want to see them, and I think all the DBs would agree with this. When you have interceptions, hit your hands, make the play. You know, that's like the one, uh I guess sour spot. You know, those guys are probably kicking themselves, Marlon Humphrey, Chuck Clark, um, about not making them, those picks, especially on Tom Brady, and potentially his last season. Like that's the that's the right. football that you like put up on the shelf. Like I picked off. Yeah, Tom that's Brady. one you keep. And yep. they missed that opportunity. So I'm sure that they're bummed out about that. Um, but uh yeah, I mean it was a good defensive performance. We already talked about Justin Houston, like he has brought so much juice uh, to that pass rush. Um, and so it just was a it was a solid overall day. I thought Gino Gino played a, a good game. Um I thought,
0: you know, Kyle Hamilton made a couple plays. Yeah. You know, one on the goal line. Yeah, that, that just, was a nice just,
1: pass deflection.
0: Yeah, just just sticking their uh rookie tight end. I thought Broderick Washington had a good game, you know, uh getting his hands up, batting down at least one ball, uh stepping in, playing a little bit more with Calais Campbell out. I thought it was a very good game for Broderick. He had played 60% of the snaps. <clears throat> um yeah, I just thought, you know, it wasn't like anybody had a, a monstrous night, but across the board, across the board just good solid defense. Against and let's be honest, like they have some big-time weapons. You know, Marlon gave up that long one to Mike Evans. That's gonna happen sometimes. You know, what I mean, that was a great play. I mean, Mike Evans is a monster. He's put up a thousand receiving yards every single year. Dude's a monster. So you're gonna give up some, but I thought across the board,
1: like, pretty darn good day. Yeah, yeah. And Marlon, Marlon was, was, dealing, Marlon was say. dealing with a, a hamstring issue. He only played seventy five percent of the snaps. Um, you know, so for him to get out of the, finish the game, get out of it, you know, like without that hamstring being something that you're really concerned about, I think is a good sign. Um and I, it was I, a good I day think... for the
0: rookies. I thought, just overall, a good day for the rookies. Mm. You know, like we just mentioned Kyle Hamilton. I thought that uh, another guy who obviously had to step up more with Clayus was Travis Jones. I think he played a pretty good game. And then, all back to the offensive side of the ball, Tyler Linderbaum was eating. just, just um, um, Devin White, multi-year pro bowler, all-pro linebacker, considered one of the best inside linebackers in football. And Tyler Linderbaum ate his lunch give me that entire snack pack it's mine I, I mean dude he was feasting um so I mean yeah it it Linderbaum is good I mean especially like he he is what he is and you have to know what he is right I mean like Vita Veya bull rushing him up the middle that's a tough assignment for anybody and especially Tyler Linderbaum who's a little bit more of an undersized center like so Veya got kind of a Had an early sack in the game, and you're like, Oh man, Ravens, this is going to be tough, and it's going to be tough for them to run the ball. You know, if he has to move Vita Vey off the line, but then the Ravens went to more of their stretch zone run kind of stuff in the second half, really kind of spreading them out. And you see, Linderbaum is just the centerpiece of that rushing attack. You know, when you want to run the ball and get him to the second level on linebackers, he's going to do it. Like, he is rare, he has rare ability in doing that, and (laughs) you just saw. You can just watch Tyler Linderbaum, and I'm like watching him push linebackers 10 yards back from the line of scrimmage. He's I, no, running he these finishes, dudes off.
1: He finishes every block, which I love. I mean, he is pushing guys into the second level and driving them into the ground if he has the opportunity to do so. And that well, is even like... Even not just that. It's just like putting him on skates.
0: Yeah, It's not even just like the finishing. It's just like... I mean, he's running dudes 10 yards down. It's, it's the, like, That's it's demoralizing for a defense.
1: That's demoralizing yes. for a defense. And Linderbaum seems to me like... You know, I thought you you asked John Harbaugh this question during the week about him getting better every week, and, and Harbaugh told a story that, you know, basically I think it's after the sixth game he said to to Linderbaum, you know, basically you're, you seem to keep getting better, and Linderbaum said it's just my sixth game, Coach, I'm gonna, just going to keep getting better, and like that's what I, we've seen from him, steady progress all year long. And- I also like his swagger,
0: man. I I, I was mentioned, I don't know if it was you, but I was telling somebody about this, like, you know, just a little insider perspective from the locker room and behind the scenes, like. You definitely see, I, I have definitely noticed Linderbaum kind of walking around with a little bit more swagger. Like he feels, it's just when you play well as a rookie, especially early on, like it builds so much confidence. And I just, he's kind of oozing that. Like you just see him at ease and it's a much different person and, and not a much different person, he's the same person, but like just a different vibe and feeling I think that he has now when you compare it to like when he had was dealing with the ankle injury. You know in training camp and just getting healthy and all that stuff like you just see him take kind of taking command uh, in that offensive line and and feeling good about the way he's playing i
1: I agree i think also like when you're a rookie uh you take a scene not you know heard just work keep your head down all that stuff and like he he embodied that but now he's like he'll be giving it back to some of the other players in the locker room and and um right there in the thick of some of those, like, conversations. And, yeah, I, I do think he's coming out of a shell a little bit. And uh, it certainly helps when you're putting Devin White on his back. You know, that allows you to have a little bit more uh, bravado in the locker room. Um, For sure. Uh, I, the really strong game. Also, shout
0: out Morgan Moses. I thought played a really good game. Zeitler McCary. This offensive line is playing really well right now. and And like we talked about before, that can really, like, that's what left me – why I felt like this offense was going to work out of its problems. Like this O-line, I don't care who's running the ball right now. Like they have room to run. They have lanes, right? And and for Lamar Jackson, for the running backs, for everybody. And and if Lamar's feeling comfortable back there in pass pro, all that, like it just really – a good offensive line can carry you a long way. Talking about blocking, Isaiah Likely, the best block, run blocking grade on the team, and it wasn't even close.
1: <laughs> well, he did <laughs> – you know, he did say – uh and in, in his post-game press conference, like I feel like I was blocking pretty well. Coach was going to like that on tape. So he felt pretty good about his, his, his run-blocking ability. He got a PFF score of 91.9. 9. He Linderbaum was, had he was right.
0: He was right. <laughs> so pretty good. Pretty good. Um, anyway, a lot of good things to love coming out of this game. The Ravens now have, what? what is it, one game in 23 days? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, in the bye, yep. Right, you have a mini-bye mini coming out of this and these guys can get healthy you know hopefully obviously mark rashad gus these guys can get healthy all these banged up players i think you know they'll be feeling a lot better come saints game uh hopefully they can you know hopefully these don't linger past that um as long as the ravens get healthy over this bye i really feel like they could get on a roll like you look at the schedule saints by panthers are we playing the doves game panthers (laughs) (laughs) jags Broncos, Steelers, like Browns, Falcons, Steelers like, Let's roll. Let's go.
1: You know, let's go. Y- I, you're looking at uh, what we've played eight games so far. So you're looking at nine more wins. That's how, uh, that's worst, how you see it. Worst case, worst, worst case.
0: I agree. Worst case is I think a nine more game winning streak. What, is, what <laughs> do we, Yeah. So what's that? Eleven game winning streak to close out the year. Worst case, yeah. <laughs> worst dub, case. dub, dub. <laughs> so we're gonna be having a lot of dubs. Anyway, thanks for listening. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. And we're going to enjoy this weekend off. We'll be back with you next week with a player guest. Can't wait for it. Uh, See you next week.